Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here once again at the Living the Dream studios in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, and I got <laughs> D-Boy alongside me again today. What's going on, D-Boy? What's good, brody? Glad to be back as usual. Always a pleasure, always a pleasure. So before we start to dig in some, into some content, I got a few things that I would definitely like for you all to check out. So last week... Uh, I mentioned that I was writing an article in Street Roots that was going to be published, and it was. Great article. Great article. Definitely was a good article. It was about a play called Hazardous Beauty that's being held here in the city of Portland. This weekend is actually the last weekend to go check out that play, and I would highly advise you all to do so, as it was a very good play. But I had the fortune of being able to interview the two actresses from the play, and that article got published in Street Roots. And as I mentioned to you all with Street Roots, we're a print-first organization, which is definitely not the norm when it comes to how we digest media today. But it's now online. So if you want to go check out the article online, you go to news.streetroots.org. I will also be putting the hyperlink to that in the details in the podcast description. So whenever you go to check out today's episode, just check the details, check the podcast description. Is the link in your bio on Instagram? The link is in my bio on Instagram, but by okay. the time but by the time people hear this podcast, that will probably have changed. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> so, okay, okay. so I'll make sure to have it in the details. I'll have it hyperlinked in the details so that you all can go and check that out. Just it'll be right there when you open up this podcast episode on whatever you stream it on. Also, tomorrow night I'll be commentating my first Division I basketball game, which is pretty dope. Pretty that's, dope. That's fat. Absolutely yeah, that's pretty cool. dope. So I'll be commentating the Portland State basketball game, the men's basketball game tomorrow night. Uh, there's definitely a live video stream to check that out on Pluto.tv, but I'll be sure to hyperlink that into the podcast details as well. So you can go check that out if you want to hear me live doing my thing, commentating the college basketball game, Portland State, that is, to be exact. I'll have that available for you, too, in the details. Also, never forget, wakeupandwin.com. That's wakeup, the letter N, win.com. You, you can go purchase merchandise there. We got plenty of merch there for you, podcast shirts, a little bit of swag to have you looking and feeling good about yourself. Look good, feel good, play good. Hey, Devon, it sounds like you got a lot of good going on right now. Uh, it's pretty decent, going pretty decent. D1, uh, you know, landings and things of that nature. Sound like you're doing a good job. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, I've gotten to cover a lot of Division One basketball. Hell, I got to cover a lot of NBA basketball, but it was more so me being on press row. Right, I wasn't the guy actually, actually commentating yeah, right. the games. Yeah, it's a uh, different situation. Yeah, for sure. I've been commentating the games for the last couple of years now at my alma mater at Pacific University. So it is cool to see kind of the fruits of my labor going into that, broadcasting the games at my alma mater, and now seeing that go from the D3 level to being able to commentate at the at the Division One level. So I'm definitely excited about tomorrow night and looking forward to – a lot more opportunities to do that as well here in the near future. But let's dig into some content, though, because it's a few things we're going to discuss today. One, we're not going to do it this segment, but we're definitely going to make our predictions for how we think All-Star Weekend is going to go this weekend. Easy call. Easy <laughs> we'll call. definitely do that. But for starters, I'm actually, I actually want to cover a local-based topic here in Portland it's actually a national topic as well, but there is definitely a local tie here, and that is Russell Wilson and Sierra. So many of you may have seen the rumor out there that Russell Wilson paid for Sierra's Masters. Um, he's, they've got all Sierra's music, paid for all the Masters. That was a rumor. It's since been reported that Russell Wilson did not pay for those Masters as like a holiday gift or something like that. But Sierra does surely indeed own those masters now. Do people know what masters are before we, you know, I don't get know. Too far into I don't it. know, but I think you would be the better person to tell us what masters are, being that you're in music, you create had, music, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. But um, yeah, can I can I tell them before Go we hit? Okay, so masters, masters in music for an artist or a musician or anything is the original, you know, recording or composition of 
any project or song or thing of that nature. So with that being said, when you hear things on CDs format or when you hear things streamed on Spotify, Apple Music, that is all copies of an original recording in which somebody owns, whether it be a label or the artist itself. So just so you know what masters are when we reference in that. So it sounds like it's pretty damn important. Oh, very important. <laughs> masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's pretty important. So like I said, it was a social media rumor that Russell bought the masters, but Sierra did actually speak on her owning these masters. And I want y'all to hear a quick clip of what Sierra had to say about it idea of ownership is always been important to me and that's what this chapter is about and you know being able to own my own masters has been, has been really cool when the sync opportunities come on i'm like yes we want that we can place it there we can place it there and being able to have that freedom and flexibility has been amazing and um you know it's been i'm having so much fun i'm, I'm really having the most fun i've ever had um out of all my years of doing this and um i just i'm just grateful so I thought that was really interesting what Sierra had to say there. And reason being because obviously D-Boy, you I and I... relate to that in so many ways. Yeah, I like that. absolutely. D-Boy, you and I are both in the content creating business. And usually we're talking about every everybody else and what people have going on in society as right, far as right. politics are concerned, sports are concerned, and the culture is concerned. But I think this is definitely a good mesh with the culture with obviously sport and Russell Wilson and Sierra locally they both have um, become charter investors for the Portland Diamond project MLB the PDX baby exactly so if they do end up fulfilling that task of being able to bring a major league baseball team here to Portland they will both be minority owners of that team yeah, they so, even come catch I was at a few uh, Portland Trailblazers games they was at up yeah there. yeah so they're, they're active definitely they're, active in yeah Portland. they're active here in the city of Portland but as far as content creation is concerned, I'm pretty sure you could heavily relate to Sierra being that you're an artist, being that you're in music, when it comes right. to the freedom and flexibility of being able to do what you want with your work. Yeah, I know exactly what she was talking about and referencing, and I totally understand the joy in it. That's that's a super dope situation. Absolutely, and, and I think it's interesting even from a level of what we do right here on the podcast, because... I started this podcast in late March, early April of 2017. So we're almost coming up on two years since the existence of this podcast. And just to give you a kind of a timeline, a couple months after I started the podcast, I ended up getting a radio show. So I get the Justin and Devon radio show, and I spoke with one of my mentors in the radio industry shortly before I got the show and one thing that he advised me to do was to make sure that I took care of this podcast. By that, he meant your podcast is yours. Wake Up and Win is yours. It's your brand. It's your content. It's your platform. It's your baby, pretty much, in a nutshell. And never to mesh the two as far as the podcast was concerned and the radio show was concerned because the radio industry is a very tough industry, so you really never know what's going to happen in that industry that you're contracted to, and they pretty much own your content. So as I'm doing the radio show, I made sure that I always did the, uh, the, did the podcast. I was recording the podcast weekly. Obviously, I still am record, recording the podcast weekly. And so once we got to the end of the show, once the show was terminated, we podcasted all of our radio shows and we had some very, very good content on those podcasts. Many people like to go and listen to the podcast if they didn't get the opportunity to hear us live over the airwaves. And the first thing that I attempted to do when getting laid off was to get my audio from the podcast. You couldn't. See you yeah, later. Yeah, it was couldn't. gone. I didn't own rights to the podcast of the radio show the radio station did and so once that show was terminated so was that podcast channel the right, justin right. and devon show podcast was terminated if you go and look for it right now on soundcloud itunes apple Podcasts, whatever find you won't find it so fortunately 
I did have good relationships still within people that worked in the company and I was able to get the originals or what I would say would be equivalent to the masters of our content that got uploaded to be streamed on the podcast. Correct. So I was very fortunate, but if ha had I not had those relationships within the company, I wouldn't have any of my audio from my radio show that I did and I wouldn't be able to have that audio for one just for keepsake because it right. was mine's I created it I went on the airwaves and I talked every day but obviously it would have affected me in a negative way going forward and having audio to show for what I did here with this radio show for the next possible yeah. employer I mean, kudos to you for that because Obviously, whatever relationship you had was key because that don't happen. A it doesn't lot of happen time, a right? lot. So and, you was lucky with that. And I was sure. a pup. I was a pup you in know. the industry. I was really just trying to figure out day to day how to produce a quality radio show, how to host a quality three hour radio show five days a week. That in yeah. itself was a huge task for somebody that had never done a radio show before. So I'm never really thinking about when the show is going to get terminated. If I have my audio to go forward, when the show does get terminated it happened on the spot <laughs> right and allow me to uh elaborate a little bit from a music standpoint and a personal standpoint with what sierra was talking about so um as far as the masters are concerned sierra came into the music industry game at a time when record labels owning masters was pretty much the norm right so what i mean by that is they would give artists like Sierra in advance. It could be 500,000, it could be a million, it could be 100,000, it could be whatever that, you know, the the people agree upon. But typically these labels own those rights forever. So right. it's such a big deal what Russell Wilson did or however Sierra retrieved, you know, the rights to her masters again because typically whatever label or whoever owned her rights can make money off of those records or those, you know, especially in today and streaming forever. and all of that forever, forever, right? right. So I, I heard her say a key thing about now we could get placements and place things wherever we want, and it made me instantly think of something. I still follow a rapper who had a lot of success in the Bay Area before tragically being uh, shot and uh, paralyzed and that's Kafani. Uh, you remember yeah. Kafani for sure. I believe his biggest song to date was Fast Like a NASCAR. Fast Like a NASCAR. Right, 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 right. That song. Right. And uh, I seen him post the other day on Instagram a contract from Fox Sports or something along that nature where they were basically asking for the rights to the song to play on whatever show on Fox Sports, which is basically, as I know, that's a check. That's a payday for him. Absolutely. And he posted in his caption that uh, it's crazy how if you make one hit, you could get paid forever. And so it showed me that whatever business that he did handle early on, he handled it the right way. Because right. it was lettered to him, to his name, and he was ultimately the one to make the decision. So in Sierra's you know, standpoint, it's probably all kind of commercials yes. and <laughs> websites and all kind of yes. platforms where these old classics, because we could say she got some Absolutely. classics. Absolutely, she's a legend. You know, could be placed and she could be directly making that money and it's somebody that's still making that money. So I read up on it a little bit in some different articles and it's basically saying that once an artist recoups, which I'm sure she recouped whatever her deal was right, and some... It's usually a lot easy to negotiate or get those masters, but when you never, you know, get to it, a, a label is going to try to squeeze every penny out of it for as long as they can. Yeah, well, I think it was very important for her, too, because when they announced, I want to say it was in June or July, when they announced that they were going to be charter investors of the Portland Diamond Project and that they would be owners. And I was able to go to the private press release that was held here in Portland for them to be able to make that announcement. 
I mean, I don't know if it was really a release. It, it really had more of a mixer vibe. Right, <laughs> It was right. definitely more of a mixer vibe. It was more of a celebration because that was a huge announcement to now have this celebrity couple, a Northwest couple, obviously, with Russell being the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, to be coming here and being a part of this big movement to bring a Major League Baseball team here. But anywho, as I'm there... Obviously, I'm listening to what Russell Wilson and Sierra has to say. And one of the things that Sierra heavily harped on was she wants to really kind of pave the way for minority females to get in the business of owning these teams, of owning organizations, really of owning absolutely anything. Right. She wanted to be one of the pioneers in showing that that could be done. Which is a great message. Which is a great thing. It's a great message. And I would even go as far as saying that it's a rebrand because obviously... We still get music from Sierra, but we're not. Sierra is not in the same place she was back in 2004 when she was making goodies and when she was making all of these hits that she made over time. She's now kind of in a different space in her life, and she actually said it there. The chapter that I'm in now, she's kind of having this this rebrand of becoming an owner. So it really wouldn't make sense for her to be having this rebrand with the baseball organization and that not be the same for anything that she has going on all across the board, i.e. owning her music. And she's now starting a label too. So I think it's actually really important that she's connecting this rebrand all the way across the board. It's not that I'm going to own this baseball team or minority own this baseball team, but I'm not going to own my rights to my music. And it really is, it really is tying that into what you said as far as her kind of wanting to be a boss and an owner because uh, we talked about it before on here. I have a music placement with Dutch Bros, but we probably haven't discussed the fact that I have a distribution deal with one of the biggest you know, record labels in music right now, yeah. Empire. And one thing about it is when Dutch Bros reached out to um, the company that curates their playlist to request my song to be added, they hit me up directly even though my song is distributed through Empire, and that is because I own the master to that. Right. So if I didn't, they would obviously contact Empire directly, and for the life of that record, representing Dutch Bros or playing in the stands, Empire would be getting that money. Exactly. <laughs> even when I'm dead and gone, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so, for sure. with that being said, it's also harder as an artist when it comes down the benefit of it is that labels do track down your money they're trying to get every they're trying to recoup so they're they're looking for every possible cent that you can get out of your music where when you know you take it up on yourself to own your own masters and you don't have the label support with that you got to go get it yourself you got to find out these ASCAPs and BMIs and sound scans and all of these different platforms and ways to get paid. So although it's harder and taking more of that initiative of being a boss and handling all of your own business, it's plenty benefit to it. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, even right here with this podcast, I feel the same way because I know the space that I was in after getting laid off from the radio show, and it was kind of more of a foggy space. I got to wake up every day and host a three-hour radio show daily. You really couldn't ask for a better job than that, a sports radio show to be exact. And for a guy like me, you couldn't ask for much more than that. So once that was terminated and I had to get back into podcast mode fully, like I was before I had the radio show, I really got to think about things after I was over the initial shock of being laid off. And I got to think about what it means for me to have this podcast. I now get to play back in my mind when that mentor spoke with me and told me to never get rid of the podcast. And I'm glad for it. I'm glad that I did keep this podcast around because now I'm able to build and grow this brand of my own that could never be touched, that I can't say, oh, I made the mistake of giving up my podcast or no longer doing my podcast because I got the glamorous job of being of being a sports radio host and a top 25 media market at 24 years old that easily could have happened for me because for one i didn't know fortunately somebody told me and for two i could have gotten caught up as i did to an extent 
and being this 24-year-old sports radio host in the top 25 media market. That just doesn't happen. So now I'm in an even better place than I was then as a host. Not to say that I would never want to go back and host a sports radio show again because, like I said, it's really no job better. To be able to get benefits to host a show is absolutely dope. But knowing that I have this content, I have this platform, the Wake Up and Win platform that I stand on that can't be stripped or taken away from me definitely gives me a sigh of relief and it gives me a comfort in knowing regardless of who I'm employed by or who I'm not employed by or what game I'm covering or anything of that nature, I always have full creative control of this platform right here. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to live with. I agree. Well spoken. So next up, as I mentioned, we're going to get into some of these predictions uh, for NBA All-Star Weekend. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. And we're back. Yes, we are. And we got a pretty fun weekend coming up. That's we my got, favorite part. I already know. Yeah, we mm-hmm. got NBA All-Star weekend coming up. So y'all know how we are when it comes to sports, the NBA, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. We like making predictions. That's it. That's all. So what we will do is we'll take each day of the weekend, Friday's events, Saturday's events, and Sunday's events, and we'll make our predictions on who we think will win, who will and win. I'm going to be more accurate than him. Mark my words. We'll see. I'm going to be more accurate it's usually not the case but we'll see if he can get me here on all-star weekend so for starters on saturday we have the nba all-star celebrity game and i'm not going to sit here and name ever every celebrity that's playing in the game but d-boy i'm simply going to ask you who wins the mvp of the uh, all-star celebrity game on friday night ray allen that's easy Ray Allen? Ray Allen. I don't think so. Ray Allen. I don't think so. And you want to know why I don't think so? It's because it's too expected of him to do that. Yeah, you usually don't see NBA players really go out there and try to kill. You usually want to see a celebrity be able to get off and be able to win the MVP award. So I'm not going to say it's Ray Allen. I'm going to go with Quavo from the Migos. For one, Quavo is really a hooper. He's nice out there. I don't know yeah, if you LeBron ever seen no. With Quavo yeah, all the time. Quavo's that's, a hooper, man. Funny. He gets down. And if I'm not mistaken, I'll Quavo won it last year. I will whoop him too. I dog Quavo on one on one, but but that don't. I dog pretty much everybody with the exception <laughs> of Ray Allen <laughs> in Look that game. In that game, I'm yeah, I'm serving. I'm the MVP if I'm playing in that game. Give me a little bit more time to wake up and win podcasts or blow up in a major way, and they'll I'm have anxious. me in it. I'd rather coach, though, honestly. I'm anxious to see how Ronnie 2K do, too, just because he the influencer, you know, the NBA 2K game, which is so popular. Yeah. I'm anxious to see how he do. He's also on the same team as Quavo. It's Quavo, Ray Allen, and Ronnie 2K. Are I'm all telling on you. The way. I, I think Quavo going to whip that. If, tail, yeah, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Quavo won MVP last year, too. So he's actually he got, he's got incentive to go out there and back-to-back it. So I'm going to go with Quavo as my celebrity all-star game MVP, and you're going with Ray Allen, who I think really can care less. He's not going to go out there and try and drop 40 on those people. He's just there. He's going to be automatic buckets. Yeah, he's just there. So um, next we got the Rising Stars game. You got Team U.S. versus Team World. D-Boy, who do you got winning in that game? Team U.S. Easy. And when I look at it, it's because Doncic is going to be the only one for the world that's going to nah, hold him. When, it, when I come down to looking at matchups and who's on Team U.S., you got Bagley, who's killer. You got De'Aaron Fox. You got Kuzma. And you got one of our favorites, D. Mitch. Along with Tatum and Trey Young, I don't know, and a few man. Others too, but yeah, I, I man. don't know because on Team World you do got Luka Doncic, but you got Ben Simmons, you got DeAndre Ayton, you got Bogdan Bogdanovich, you got some players. Ananobi from the I Rockets, mean, he's a baller. They don't really compare to the ones I just named. I, I, I on don't Team know, US. Outside of outside of uh, Doncic and Ben Simmons, it's a few ballers, but I think Ayton's that, a big boy uh, down I, there. I, I, I think, think in an All Star game setting in a all-star type of a setting, that's where Aiden can US really got get a off. Super edge. Who you think gonna win? I think I'm gonna go with the US. Oh, see, I think I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to make it funner than that. Y'all. I think I'm gonna go with the US. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the US. And why? Um, What's the edge? I, I think they are a lot deeper. That's I think they got more scores. <laughs> like 
it's a weekend where not a lot of guys are going to play defense. Nobody's trying to get hurt. Um, I feel like they can really score it in a major way. But at the same time, having Doncic and Ben Simmons on the same team, that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> That's I a agree. problem for anybody in the league, honestly. But for a bunch of other rising stars, which are pretty much rookies and sophomores in the NBA, that's a real problem if they take that thing serious. So now we on to Saturday. The first event on Saturday is the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Who you got? The Taco Bell Skills Challenge. I'm going to have to go with Doncic, I think. He just a full, like, as far as skill-wise, he is a skill. Dallas always seem to get very skilled individuals over there in their organization. Yeah. And I just think that he has all the tools for what, you know, the Skills Challenge consists of. And I think I think he's going to take away something. He's going to be the highlight of some event, and I think that's his one. I high-key disagree with you on that. And the reason being is the Skills Challenge is all about speed and time. Doncic is not a fast player. But is he's he skilled? Efficient. He's skilled. He's efficient Passing and he's skilled. And all He's efficient and he's skilled, absolutely. But you got to have a little bit of speed getting up and down court, getting from station to station. It's a short time span where I think speed does matter. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to the speed master in the NBA right now, De'Aaron Fox. I knew you was going to say Fox, that. Yeah, he's a point guard, so he does – he does he have gonna, all of those he, skill he sets. He can pass well. He can dribble. He can handle the ball well. He's super fast. And if he just knocks down a three in a short amount of time, then I think that De'Aaron Fox by far is going to blow by everybody in that challenge. So that's who I you got think winning. Think Trey Young got a chance? I do. I think so, I do. too. That, that would I think Trey Young has a chance, That's my too. sleeper if you want to call it that. Right. So. I do. Yeah, I Luka think Doncic or Trey Young for me. So now we got the three point contest. D boy, who you got winning the three point contest? It's going to go to the Bay either way somehow because it's going to be through <laughs> Steph Curry, who plays for a Bay Area team, or it's going to be Damian Lillard, who plays for here, you know, right here he where right we're here at. in our backyard. Portland, he playing right now, matter of fact, versus the Warriors. They both playing each other. Yep. It's going to be one of them two teams taking it home with Damian Lillard representing Portland Trailblazers. And Oakland. And with Steph, yep, mm-hmm. and Oakland. And with Steph Curry representing, you know, the Golden State Warriors. So I'm going with Steph Curry first and foremost, Damian Lillard. You know, definitely got the same exact kind of chance. See, I'm not going for either one of those two. I don't think that they're really going to be as into it at, or as competitive. What, and man? winning this because they're playing in the All-Star game the next day. Oh, you're going to give a it weekend. to Seth, huh? No, 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 I'm not at all. Playing, I'm just this is a weekend where I think... Steph and Dame are literally going to try and have fun, but it's also a weekend for the entire league that you're trying to get some rest because you got the second half of the season to play. Dame and Steph both will probably be in the playoffs. If the playoffs started today, they will both be in there. So I'm going to say it's Devin Booker who's going to win because I think Devin Booker is pretty much – He's as close. I am a big fan of Devin Booker, but I also think he's as close to an elite three-point shooter as Curry so, and Damian Lillard as there is. Sometimes and you, he doesn't have anything else to play for the rest of the year, so this will be nah, the highlight listen, of his listen. year. <laughs> Sometimes you disagree with me, and rightfully so, but this time, because I know you spend so much time around Damian Lillard and hearing news about Damian Lillard and kind of, you know, you've been here for a while now. You know how much of a competitive-natured person Damian Lillard is and the chip on his shoulder. I don't that, think he has a chip for the three-point contest. I'm not saying for the three-point co- contest. I'm saying in general right. in the NBA to where I think you're giving the three-point contest a little bit too much credit as far as what it's taking out of you. It's pretty effortless for them dudes to go shoot five or six three-pointers from five, six different spots on the court. But bro. I think it's as all e- about mental. It, but it's, as, it's, it, it mean, sounds, it's not, it's not, that sounds easy, No, I but, get but it when takes, you're competing against the best three-point shooters what I'm in the is, entire league and you're really trying like, to win. I'm going to this because no, we got to play No, it's not a tomorrow. booth, but it's not a I'm really going to dial in and focus on winning gonna, these things. If I get hot, I'm hot. I'm not hot. I'm playing him all. If he's hot, he's hot. If he's not, he's playing in the All Star game the next day for his fourth time. He can make three. They all can. They're gonna try to win. They all can make threes in their sleep. But that's why I think you're sleeping on how competitive that this competition can be because they all can knock down threes. Everybody in it is gonna try to win. They all can knock down threes in their sleep, and I truly believe Devin Booker is gonna dial in and he's gonna take the cake. You said it for the reason that you did that. And Clay. I mean, I said Clay, but Steph and Dame, 
I just think that they're going to go out there, they're going to shoot the shit, get and some not shots try to up. Win. And not try if to they win. don't win, I don't think that they're going to try to put as that, much that effort in winning. I don't think their focus <laughs> is going to be as laser of a focus as it is in a game like situation. I think it's going to. either. Do you think they're going to try to win? That's what I want to hear from you. I think everybody is going to try to win, well, but I don't think everybody's. But I don't think everybody's will to win is going to be the same. Okay. If that makes sense, I, I mean, I, I get think Dame and Steph are gonna just kind of go out there and shoot the shit. They're gonna get shots up. If they knock them down, they knock them down. If not, they don't really care. But I think other guys are really gonna be dialed in, and that trying might to hurt. knock that everything down. That might I don't, hurt. I don't think so because we're talking about the best shooters that the game has to offer. Steph Curry or Damian Lillard? Devin Booker on my end. Uh, the dunk contest. Who you got winning the dunk contest? That's weak, Cuddy. <laughs> we I'm going to go with Stephen D- Dame to yeah, I'm gonna go with <laughs> Booker. And- yeah, I don't know, bro. I want to say Dennis Smith Jr. I want to say Miles Bridges. I want to say I don't know. I want to say who are these people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one of the poorest dunk contest <laughs> lineups is I've probably ever seen in my life. I mean, this is bro, poor. That's poor. That's, that's <laughs> this D is, minus. This is poor. This D is minus. A, and because of that, I think Dennis Smith Jr. will win just because he's the smallest. I, I don't think even he'll have win no... because I played tic tac toe three in a row with the names, <laughs> and that's what it landed on. Sheesh. Yeah, I I don't even have an in depth analysis as to why <laughs> one of these people will win, like I have for Booker, and I don't have for Stephen Damon the three point contest. But I'm gonna go ahead and say Dennis Smith Jr. because he's the little guy. Okay, I'm gonna go with Miles Bridges then, just to because I can't go with the all same right reason. accuracy. It's a numbers a- game. Accuracy still matters though accuracy still matters so whoever wins if one of us get the job done we got bragging rights baby for sure for lastly um the all-star game itself you got team lebron versus team Giannis. the first question is simply who's gonna win team lebron way too stacked easy i ain't even have to say that with no emphasis because it's just so it's a no-brainer the world know that you got Team LeBron. I think I'm gonna go ahead and go with Team Giannis. Oh yes, uh, I love I'm gonna tell you why. I love it. I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna go with Team Giannis. I love this. I'm gonna tell you why. I think that in an All Star like setting, like a freaking. Oh no, this man. is what I'm gonna tell you. I think in an All Star like setting, Giannis, his team has three players. I think that are the leading three players when it comes to their hunger for winning the MVP award. And that's Russell Westbrook, who always plays with a super high motor because he's just crazy. That's how Russell Westbrook is. You got Joel Embiid, who I think is my sleeper pick to win MVP because he's a troll master. He's going to try to capitalize off this weekend in any type of a way that he can. And then Giannis. I think Giannis... As a young athlete, as a young star at this stage, I think he wants to win it more than the guys on team. LeBron, you got Can LeBron, make, no, you listen. got Durant, you got Kawhi you Leonard, Kyrie, Daddy. Harden. They don't really care about winning this game they can or winning do it the award. Without caring. Look at no. what his name. LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. It's it, no no formula on this earth could beat them five. Man, you got Giannis. Talk Steph to Curry, Talk to Joel Embiid, Paul George, who's an absolute assassin right now, and you still have Russell Westbrook on that team. I truly believe that that five can give the other five problems. And then look, Giannis, don't Steph, forget about Embiid, the reserves who gonna Paul get a George, lot of burn because it's an All Star game. For sure, Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons. It's and the list goes on. I didn't name the bigs: Lamarcus Aldridge, Cat. But this is what I like. You're going with the big names. I'm going with the guys who aren't really frequent with this stage. The so whole they're team gonna... is big names. The only person I didn't name was Bradley Beal. But that's my point. That's what you're going with. That's your method as to why they'll win. My method is Jokic. Middleton, Vucevic, those are guys that can make a name and a brand for themselves after this weekend if they play well in an all-star game. So what I'm saying is I think Giannis' team is so much more hungry because of the lack of experience, the youth, the trolling, and guys who are in this game for the first time like Jokic and like Chris Middleton and like Vucevic. Those guys are going to try to go out there and ball out and really make a name for themselves amongst the guys like LeBron 
and Durant and Kawhi Leonard. I think it's a motivation thing. Those other guys you name are all on teams that are contenders. LeBron's team is a contender, KD, Kawhi, and, and a contender to the extent that we actually talk about them. Guess because what? we know For it's going to be one of those you know teams coming back control to play. That he was talking about earlier when he inaccurate on all of these predictions. He can't delete this podcast. I, I, it's going to be up there to reference. So, I don't plan to. This is, this is crazy. I don't plan to. I, I thoroughly think that Giannis did everything right based on I knew this the guys that he has part. on his teams, on his team, excuse me, and the hunger. Embiid, I'm telling you, Embiid is going to come for it. We Russell find... Westbrook doesn't care. Russell Westbrook want to go for 40. Off period. Here, we gonna find He's going to want to go for 40, period. <laughs> we can, I, I'm going we can to do Vegas that. in a couple weeks. You know I got fever We right can now. do that. We All can right do that. Now. Next up, we got our Taking L segment, so keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. Y'all know what time it is. Taking L's, baby. Taking L's. So today, so far up to this point, we've given you the winning formula on how to be a female boss, how to be a minority owning baseball team pursuing calling your own shots starting your own label taking uh, your masters owning your masters <laughs> all of that good stuff that we talked about in the first segment owning your own podcast and making sure that you got your podcast so you don't 100 percent have to depend on mainstream media all that good stuff we got deep into that so we told you how to win from that perspective and then we both disagree on our winning formulas, but we each at least attempted to give you a winning formula on how to predict this weekend for All-Star <laughs> Weekend. I tried to give you the facts. I tried to lay it out to you in a way that it made sense. <laughs> D-Boy is a popularity guy. He thinks the biggest name is going to win everything. No, it don't quite work I like that. I had some method to my madness, too, and we're going to see. And I'm going to reference this comment, too. You're digging yourself a hole, oh, pound. Oh, I'm not. I'm All not. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond confident in my <laughs> picks so i would advise y'all to listen to me if y'all want to make some winning <laughs> predictions this weekend he'd probably say to do the same for him but that's the way we gave y'all winning he's still riding his tom brady segment. high horse all right yeah, i mean hey all i right. called what that's i called what and it is he what it is rams but i he, called he what i called the, and yeah, it is what it is he's so, riding his I mean, brady horse yeah i pretty much am <laughs> call it what you want to call it that's what i'm doing um and now we got the take an L segment. So D boy, I want you to start it off. Who took an L this week? The scammy Grammys. Oh man. <laughs> Why the scammy Grammys? I enjoyed the Grammys. I, I liked watching it. I liked it too. It's always fun for me. I like watching music stuff. You know, the Absolutely. content and just everything about it. People who share their stories of the team, the work that's put in, all of that. So right. I, I enjoy the show for everything that it is. But I was being funny calling it the Scammy Grammys. You know I'm a rapper and yeah, they had a yeah. real ring to it. it. Yeah, but yeah. the reason I'm saying that is because... Should have made it a hashtag on Grammy. <laughs> hey, on everything. They <laughs> are. But on Mama's though, uh, it's just kind of one of them things where Drake. I'm going to talk about Drake and what he said because it was my favorite part of the Grammys and something stuck out to me. Drake got up there. You pointed out, because I missed this part, but you told me that he said something to the extent of knowing himself or yeah, being he in said, tune he with himself. Yeah, he said something, paraphrasing, he pretty much said, the first thing he said when he got on the stage to accept it, his, award is, his award was, this was the first time that I've got on this stage and I am who I know I am. And that was deep to me because he followed up with that by, by saying that basically the Grammy doesn't, hold the ultimate power the grammy it's a lot of people tastemakers people in position it's that not the greatest call measure the of success yeah people who call the shots for these uh you know for these winners and these nominees and all of that kind of stuff and they don't necessarily know what they're talking about all the time and it doesn't always represent what's happening the best in music he said it's not like basketball where you know the best players stand out the best teams win all of that kind of stuff it's very it's different is it's a it's very opinionated is what he said yeah he did and so i felt like he didn't even get too deep into what he was saying which well, what yeah, he said was powerful well, yeah, enough no, no, that, <laughs> and that's why that's why i called them the scammy grammys that's yeah. what i was getting at ultimately it is 
Certain people who go up there and take too long and say too much, and it's a reason to turn on the music and cut them off. Cut them off. Them out, get exactly. Them out of there. Time's up, buddy. I, I remember we used to see it in uh, church references when preachers would go too long and yeah. they start telling them in cold, land the plane. <laughs> right. When you right. hear land the plane in the background, it's time to come to closure. Yeah. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. So that's what I think about when I hear the music come on, you know, very respectfully in the background, yeah, but disrespectful. Yeah, subtle, but disrespectful yeah. as hell. Some people need that, but for where Drake was going, I don't think he was going to be extremely long-winded with it. Like I said, what he said already was powerful enough, but I think that that's a message that the Grammys would have looked a lot better for allowing to just take place and roll out as opposed to cutting them off. I think it was very much so a powerful and needed message and i thought that it was also very accurate so i respect it shout out to drake for that i already respect him heavily as an artist and things like that definitely help yeah well i mean and what you think on that well yeah well i actually i watched it live with you and so when i was watching it i was tweeting and when i saw that happen one of the things that i tweeted was i just saw drake take a page out of lebron's book somebody who he looks up to somebody that's a good friend they have pretty much a brotherhood and last week you and i got into a bit of, de uh, of a debate I remember. about lebron speaking out and that was what i was alluding on a particular to, on a particular yeah, okay. topic but right. what I'm saying was just the action of the act of him speaking out alone was mm -hmm. where I said Drake and, and really challenging the, the people that is, are right. perceived to be the higher power or people that are perceived to be, like I said, that big time measure of success. So you're challenging what has been the norm of this is what you have to do to be this particular person, to be this particular player, to be this particular artist, et cetera, et cetera. You see where I'm going there. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was dope that Drake did that because we are in a time period now where you can be, as we talked about earlier, the owner of your, the owner of your masters, the owner of your content, and there's a plethora of ways to have success in doing that. Yeah, I so, found it to be motivating because from somebody like Drake, that prominent and successful in the music industry, I feel like it was validation for a lot of artists like me who feel like it is some shady stuff that happens in the music industry and it's some things that get, you know, elevated and glorified that we may not agree with, whatever the case may be. And for him to validate that and to still kind of shine light on the fact that if you got people buying tickets to your shows and, you know, looking forward to release dates and streaming and buying your music, you already went into such a degree. And I, I really live by that personally with me. I feel like knowing that I'm on these platforms such as Apple Music, iTunes, iHeart, you know, radio, yeah. I'm in the game. It's up to me how far I want to take it and right. how much work I'm willing to put in to, you know, ultimately win off of this. Right. But, it, it was just a reminder that I'm in the game just like the rest of them. Yep. You feel me? That's and regardless of whatever opinions, if I keep pushing through, I can be on a platform to where I can have a voice such yeah. as them and reach that amount of people. Yeah, and I think it was important. The word that I was looking for earlier was gatekeepers. He was basically challenging the gatekeepers of music, hip-hop, really all genres of music because Drake is a universal artist at this point. And for him to be able to attack those gatekeepers and have the freedom to be able to go on that platform and say that and feel free enough to say that, similar to what's an entirely different measure of success, but we've already talked about it here today with Sierra. Her reason is completely different as to why having those masters and not having to go through these gatekeepers and these execs to be able to have her masters and freely do what she wants in a way that she wants which is really the ultimate success you can have is to be able to do it your way i think personally you can really so, compare the two i got a very interesting question for you with a super open mind if you were running the grammys if you were the person controlling that music would you have done the same thing was it disrespectful enough on drake's part where you would have cut him off and started the music or do you agree that they was kind of janky and scammy for doing that? What I'm going to give you my real, true, honest answer. And I'm going to try to be absolutely as least biased as possible. And I'm going to act as if the Grammys were my baby. Right. If I'm a gatekeeper of the Grammys... You yes, turn it ego, you turn it yes ego could get in the way. <laughs> but I think because of how smart I am, I would know the truth to what Drake is saying. 
So with that being said, I wouldn't have necessarily cut Drake off because it's the information about what Drake has said and about him getting cut off is going to be out there anyway. I want to allow Drake to finish what it is that he has to say, and I'm willing to kind of play off of that because I do know Drake is a mega artist. I do know that the tide is turning in a lot of things and people are starting to realize it. That's just the time period that we're in right now. It's a lot of woke, open-minded people that have kind of courage to utilize their voices mm -hmm. and are really interested in learning more about what's going on in society today. We're at that place, I think, more than ever right now, especially in this country. So I know that I'm in a battle for one. I've made several enough money off this award show for so many years that I know that I'm good for life regardless based on just right. that. But I wouldn't even get in a, in a position of being egotistical. I would just figure out a way to play off what it was that Drake said because I do know the prominence that Drake holds right now. And if I do let him complete his entire statement, how much that's going to come back to what Drake said at the Grammys. Yeah, I think Drake articulated it so well and did it so respectfully that... He, they should have let him play it out. Yeah, so I would have let him play I it out. That's why I think that the Grammys I, I would have let him play it out, but not because I necessarily agree with his message or that it, the message doesn't necessarily You do agree against. with his message. I do you agree. You I think there's agree truth. If the Grammys yeah, was I think, baby. I think there's truth to the yeah. message, but if the but Grammys were my baby, face, if I got yeah. slapped in the face by okay, Drake. So, sure. and, and, and with that... I want to be able to play off whatever it is that Drake says. Now I'm willing to play this game with you. Win, lose, or draw, we're here now. This is just the point that we're at and the place that we're at. And quite frankly, it's not much I could do about it besides figure out a way to play off of it to where the title turned back into my favor. All right. What's your taking L for this week, player? My taking L for this week is really a community of people. Um, so Kamala Harris, uh -oh. she is... Put herself in the running for the 2020 presidential election. Uh, she's a U.S. senator, and she right now is probably the most popular name in the Democratic Party to have come out and said that she will be in the running for the 2020 election. I'm not saying by any means that she's going to win the Democratic Party or even win the presidential election, but I think right now she's been kind of the biggest name, good, bad, or indifferent. She's been the biggest name that has come out and said she'll be running. And she went on the Breakfast Club radio show. You know, Breakfast Club is really probably the hottest radio show in the culture right now, if we're being honest. And she came on there, and they were talking about legalizing marijuana, and she pretty much admitted to taking a puff of marijuana while she was in college. So, what people did... Oh, but, but this, is what, this is what happened, though. Aww. Let me take it another step. I, I almost forgot a part. What she said was that she used to listen to Tupac and Snoop Dogg when she... Before they even rapped. <laughs> when she took the puff of marijuana. So people went to research it and look it up, and they saw that she, she, came, uh, she graduated... Like 86. And like 86 or 85 or something like that. And Tupac's debut album came out in 91. Snoop Dogg's debut album came out in 93. Here's why I'm giving people an L because that was for her bachelor's degree that she came out. I mean, that she graduated in 86. She still went on to get a doctorate, a doctorate degree years after that. So if we're going to be as petty as a one or two year difference of her being in college and say that That's because petty. the time didn't align. She was lying about the last time she took a puff in the early 90s before I was even born. Get the fuck out of here. Snoop even posted it too on his uh on his story or something. I was like, they giving this too much credit. Get like out of here. The numbers ain't that far. It's off. weed, first yeah. and foremost. It's weed. Like yeah. it's not that big of a deal. It's marijuana. It's legal in a lot of states. It's damn sure legal in the state that we're in right now. And if she took a puff over 25 years ago of some weed and you're still judging her for that right now, you need to rethink your frame of thinking. And like I said, even if she did graduate from even that doctorate's degree in 88 or 89 and Tupac finally comes out with an album in 91, that's so close to she the time that she was in and college. And she was still, Period. yeah, like it, well it is what it is. is. So. so I just... 
hate kind of. They spend so much I, energy on irrelevant. Ticky tacky, exactly irrelevant nonsense. In my opinion, like okay, she was two years removed from college. Whoop de doo. That should <laughs> have no part in this election. None whatsoever. at all. None at all. So anybody who's trying to come out and be that petty and call her out for it, and I do understand it's the president. It's the presidential election. Anything she does, anything she says is going to be under a microscope. But if your needle was moved about how you feel about Kamala Harris because of that I think you need to figure out a way to keep your needle a little bit more still because that's that you're a feather at this point you're a little bit too light you're a little bit too easily swayed you're a little bit too easily pushed and you need to rethink some things and, and ground yourself just a little bit more to be able to come up with a decision on how you feel about the woman based on what you know and not based on because she smoked some weed within two to three years of when she graduated college. So that's who I'm giving an L to. All the petty folks that are out there trying to trash Kamala Harris because she says she smoked weed to a Tupac or a Snoop Dogg song. It happens, okay? That's it for me. Facts. That's, that's boy That's an L. That's an L for that's me. So D-Boy, tell them where to find you, what you got going on, all that good stuff. Promote what you need to promote. Do that. D-Boy LTD with an I, not a Y. That's everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Search it. Um, D-Boy LTD got a show coming up. Uh, headlining, co-headlining his first show in Portland with Mike Capes at the Hawthorne Theater on April 6th. I like 6th. how you said that in third person. D-Boy LTD is co-hosting. Yeah, co yeah, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta do that. You feel me? So, <laughs> that's what we got going on on April 6th. The tickets are live. You can check it out at Hawthorne Theater, Hawthorne PDX, whatever you need to do to go get those tickets. 21 and Up event. And then also... We got a comedy show coming up March 13th at the Jack London Review. First uh, comedy show that Live in the Dream will be a part of hosting, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, always a good time to elevate, try new things, you know, new yeah. experiences, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I got going on, as well as the Life Outside Social Media Project that we will be traveling to Las Vegas and L.A. to wrap up, shoot some footage, get some mixing and mastering done. So... We all got a lot going on on this end, so stay tuned and keep rocking with us and looking forward to everything that's to come. And you can find me at Pounce underscore Sation, or you can just search my name, which is Devon Pouncey, as you all know. Um, appreciate y'all for tuning in. As I mentioned, I got the Street Roots article on the Hazardous Beauty play that is now online. I'd advise you all to go check it out. It was a really good read. Um, it's gotten great feedback from people in the community here in the Portland. And I even got some really good feedback from Bonnie Ratner, who was the lady who actually wrote the play. And I'm actually going to be meeting up with her pretty soon. Just, you know, she was appreciative of what I was able to do and what I wrote up for their play. So it was obviously a good thing. I think you really can take away some things from what Quigley Provost Landrum had to say and also Trish Egan. I think they were really in-depth in what it is that they had to say when it came to uh, gender issues, race issues, homelessness issues, issues that really exist and plague our society. So I'd advise y'all to go read that. I'll try to have it in the details area as well of this podcast episode. So wherever you're streaming, go look at the details uh, or the description of what it is that we're talking about on this podcast. And I'll have that article hyperlinked there. Also, but you still can go to news.streetroots.org as well if you want to find it just on your own and don't want to go through that hyperlink. Um, also, as I mentioned, I'll have the hyperlink for tomorrow's game. I'll be uh, color commentating the Portland State men's basketball game tomorrow night. Um, I'll definitely post the link and hyperlink the link in the details area as well. And so check that out. Give me feedback on how you think I sound and all that good stuff. Um, it's not my first rodeo, but it may be your first time hearing me doing this particular job. So with that being said, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go in. in.